Greetings in Christ Jesus, and welcome once again to the Twin Steeples Podcast. Twin Steeples is a production of Emmanuel Evangelical Lutheran Church here in Mankato, Minnesota, whose main goals are to share God's saving word and to communicate the ongoing activity of Christ's kingdom here at Emmanuel. Thank you for joining us today. Today is Wednesday, April 27th, 2022. I'm your host, Pastor Joe Nauman, joined today by Pastor Neil Radical and also by teacher Matthew Kranz. We've uh, normally just had our Meet the Faculty jump in on a separate uh, interview, but today he's going to sit in with us for the whole podcast. So we're excited to have you here. How are you guys doing today? Excellent. Pretty good. Very good. Uh, I'd like to start today with a devotional thought based on Micah chapter 7, verses 18 and 19. This is uh, going to be our Old Testament reading for our worship this coming weekend, which says, Who is a God like you, pardoning iniquity and passing over the transgression of the remnant of his heritage? He does not retain his anger forever, because he delights in mercy. He will again have compassion on us, and will subdue our iniquities you will cast all our sins into the depths of the sea. So this is the, from the very, very end of the, of the book of Micah, and I think he asks this really important question, who is a God like you? You know, there's so many things in this world, and there are so many gods of the world, but what all the other gods of the world, and really the, the humanistic God as well, uh, seeks to do is to uh, look for service from you. Um, so whether it be uh, Buddhism, Islam, Hinduism, uh, any uh, other world religion you can think of, all of them are really all about what you can do for that God, um, what acts of service you can do for them. And another word we might use for that is work righteousness. Uh, it's the idea that you need to work for uh, the salvation that you get from that God. And sadly, that idea of work righteousness has tied its way into Christianity in so many ways, most notably, of course, in the Catholic Church, where uh, work righteousness is taught as the way to heaven, that you need to do so many good deeds in order to earn salvation from God. But what this Old Testament writer, the prophet Micah, makes very clear is that that is not who our God is. Our God is not a God of work righteousness. Our God is a God who pardons iniquity, who passes over the transgression of the remnant of his heritage, that he does not uh, dwell in anger, but because of what he did uh, through his son, Jesus Christ, as we've so recently celebrated at the festival of Easter, the resurrection of our Lord. Uh, because Jesus lived, because he died on the cross, because he rose again, we can be sure that Jesus truly is God. And as true God, he pardons our iniquity. He delights in mercy. He has compassion on us. He subdues our iniquities um, and he removes our sin from us. And this is the good news, uh, that, that uh, the gospel that we have been uh, reborn because of, that we've been empowered by, and because of this good news of what Jesus has done, we now have eternal life in heaven. Uh, he says, you'll cast all our sins into the depths of the sea. You know, if, if you really want to get rid of something, you really want to hide evidence, or you want to, you know, get, uh, make sure something's never, ever found, go out to the deepest part of the ocean, chuck it overboard, and, you know, that thing will be gone. And that's, that's uh, the idea that Micah has here as well, is that because God has, has taken our sins and ca cast them into the depths of the sea, they no longer have any power over us. Uh, you know, and I think a lot of times we tend to be haunted by our past sins. And, you know, to an extent, it's good to remember our past sins because they help shape and move us and lead us to not fall back into those temptations again. But we shouldn't still feel guilt over those sins because Jesus died on the cross for those sins. And as we've repented and been forgiven by God, uh, he no longer... Uh, uh, 
holds them against us. He casts them into the depths of the sea. And because of that, we uh, don't need to be afraid of God, but rather we can turn to God for comfort and hope when those sins uh, haunt us once again. And uh, remember that they are gone. They're cast into the sea. And so what a comfort that is. And So who is a God like you? There's no other God like the Christian God. There's no other God like the triune God. He doesn't seek service from us. Rather, he came to serve us. And that's what we see Jesus doing through his life and death. Uh, he served us uh, in all that he did. And because of that now, we serve him not as a we have to do it, but we serve him as a, a thank you, as, a, as our due diligence to the God who has done all to redeem us, to rescue us, and to uh, win for us eternal life in heaven. So I've been blabbing for a long time here. Any thoughts on this, you guys? Yeah, I really like your points on the justification. And he, the two points I want to make is, one, you look at that last phrase that you talked about, what he was willing to do to put our sins into the depths of the sea. And I really like the way that first part, just the parallel thoughts, what you were saying, and passing over the transgression of the remnant of his heritage and that sense of, you know, you go out, if you would go out on the ocean, you have no idea what's down. There's an interesting show on the History Channel, I think it is, or draining the ocean, you know, for like oh, yeah. the Titanic and stuff. It's kind of a cool idea. You could pass over that and have no idea it's down there. And that's the idea behind this. I think you really explained well is that when he puts those sins in the depths of the sea, he remembers them no more. And so he passes over them with that thought. And so it's a, such a, a heartwarming thought in that sense. And the other thought that I had here too is uh, because he delights in mercy, I think. Old Testament Jehovah, you look at that, and people, especially when we look at Micah's day, people are looking at just, like Luther thought, he's just an angry God. He's so vengeful. He's so hostile. And then you look at the section, you read the section, it almost looks like he's a pushover. He delights in mercy. He's, he loves pardoning. Like, what kind of God is that? And I think ultimately it shows that he is just because he shows that he does execute judgment against, like you mentioned, his son Jesus Christ, which we talked about with uh, Holy Week and so forth, and we talk about that justification of our sins. But it also shows his loving nature is our king, too. So I really like that idea that he's always just, but he delights in mercy because he, he wants to show us that pardon and wants to show us that mercy that only he, as you mentioned before, is no other God like that. Those are good points, pastors. Um, I'm maybe less studied in the book of Michael as you two are, but... I like these two verses as well uh, because it really shows how God is different than we are. Who is a God like you? Well, yeah, we talk about the other gods that people worship, and for, for sure they're, they're different than our God, but we're different too in that some of us, some people really hold on to their anger. Some of us uh, don't have compassion. Some of us will, instead of stepping over past sins, will continue to dig them up but it's not our God. His love is different. He delights in it in that it's constant and eternal, and he does it again and again. Uh, and this is, he's done it since the days of Abraham and Isaac and Jacob, which Micah mentions, and he does it in our day, in our children's day, and forever. And that's such a comfort to have a God who pardons iniquities, who doesn't hold our past against us, but instead delights not in the love that we show him, although that is a good thing, but it's his love that sustains us. So, so different than anything else that we could have here on earth. Yeah, I think it's a good point. You know, all the other world religions are, those are all man-made gods. So, of course, their gods are made in the image of man rather than vice versa. And so it makes sense that, that they would act that way versus our God 
and who made us in him his image. So it's it's completely backwards, yeah. All right, uh, let's pray. Lord Heavenly Father, we thank and bless you for your abundant mercy, for uh, pardoning our iniquities, for casting them into the sea. We, you revealed all this through your Son Jesus Christ. As we have, and as we continue to bask in the glow of Easter, we pray that you would uh, use those truths to strengthen our faith in you. Help us to trust more and more in the the truth of Easter, of the resurrection from the dead, and assure us of our own resurrection on that great day of glory when you will come to take us to be with yourself. We pray these things in your saving name. Amen. Uh, I got just a couple uh, updates, reminders for you today. Uh, our weekend Bible class uh, picks up again this weekend. Uh, it'll be April 30th and May 1st, so it's a communion weekend first Sunday of the month this week. So as you prepare for uh, your weekend worship, think about taking the Lord's body and blood. But for our Bible class, uh, which is Saturday evening after church and Sunday morning before church, uh, we are starting a new study on millennialism. We only have about four weeks to, to study this, so it's going to be kind of a shotgun Bible study uh, pretty quick. But I uh, hope you can join us for that as we take a look at the thousand years as spoken about in the book of Revelation and some of the doctrines that some churches take out of that and what the Bible truly has to say about the end times, the last days. And uh, we'll be taking a look at Pre-millennialism, post-millennialism, pre-tribulation, post-tribulation. There's all kinds of different variations of this, and we'll see what the Bible has to say about it, uh, most importantly. Speaking of the Bible, I'd like to encourage you once again to, uh, uh, if you've re been reading your Bible along with us, good work. And if you've fallen off the bandwagon a little bit in your readings, to, uh, don't worry about trying to catch up, but just uh, maybe start fresh again. Uh, this Sunday is May 1st. Maybe start May 1st and start reading uh, the Bible again with us. And it's always a new day with the Lord and always new truths to be revealed in his word. So just because you haven't been keeping up or just because you fell behind, that's no reason to uh, to be discouraged. Rather, just keep getting into God's word. And it's really easy to do that on our website, as uh, you've no doubt seen. Just click on the, the link there, the daily posts, and you can find the daily readings and pull them right up and even have them read to you. So uh, I know quite a few of you are still reading through the Bible in 2022 and hope you can continue doing that. And if you can't do that, well, I hope you read the Bible in some way. Uh, daily as well, because God's word is, of course, the way he speaks to us and the way he communicates his salvation to us. So it's important to stay connected to God uh, through the word. Our prayer list this week, uh, we want to keep Helen Stelter in our prayers. She's uh, been on hospice for a time now up at Hillcrest. Uh, we're also keeping Skip Edwards in our prayers. Skip has been placed on hospice as well. He's in, over at uh, Pathstone Memory Care. Uh, we also pray for Naomi Pfeiffer, uh, that the Lord would... Uh, help her as she's had a number of health issues that have kept her homebound. Uh, we pray for, for her as well. Uh, which brings us to our Meet the Faculty portion of our program today. we got Matthew Kranz sitting with us today. Matthew, you're the last of the teachers uh, to join us for this Meet the Faculty uh, section. So uh, got our interview before us here. Uh, Matthew and I have known each other for... 20-ish, maybe a little more than that, 22, Even more. 22 years. Uh, we first met in Fond du Lac, Wisconsin. Your dad was the teacher there in 1999 when my family moved there from uh, uh, Ketchikan, Alaska, and we spent a number of years together running the Fond du Lac campus there, which the two of us did. But I don't think you spent your entire childhood in, uh, in Fond du Lac. Can you detail for us kind of... Where'd you grow up? Where are you from? Where'd you come from? Uh, yeah, I uh, grew up partly in Fond du Lac for those first couple years that we knew each other. 
I run around with you and Tom and the boys, and I'm sure being a menace to the neighborhood. I remember whacking you in the head with a baseball bat one time. <laughs> Strangely enough, I don't remember that. <laughs> uh, on accident, it was. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody can say it. <laughs> Who's to know? Uh, but despite <laughs> Joe's attempted, I don't know what it was. Uh, home run. <laughs> home run. <laughs> home run. Uh, yeah, we spent a few years in Fond du Lac, then. Uh, my dad took the call to teach at Emanuel Lutheran High School in Eau Claire, so I s- grew up there. and Propero kid. Propero kid, yep. <laughs> One of those brats. And uh, moved there in fifth grade and lived there until I basically got my first job here in Mankato. Okay. So, quite some time. But before Fond du Lac, you were in, was it Arizona? Yep, Phoenix for a few years, and then just one year in Valentine, Nebraska. Before that, so okay. Been all over the place. Okay, excellent. Um, the next question is, are you married? Do you have kids? I am happily married. Hopefully my wife listens to this and uh, <laughs> knows just how much I love her. We got married just a few months ago. Okay. And we do not have kids. But you're excited to announce on the podcast for the first time ever. Oh, no. Okay. <laughs> uh, no. Oh, so let me put okay. all those rumors to bed gotcha, okay. right now. And, okay. uh, I was really hopeful. <laughs> yeah. Yes, no, uh, and I... Would probably have to tell my wife and family first before you guys, but I, I do like you guys. So Excellent. Please don't take it as a personal insult. Uh, Matthew, when you were a kid, did you always imagine you were going to be a teacher? Did you have other things you thought about being when you grew up? Uh, actually, I thought I was going to be a teacher uh, most of my childhood. There are a few other things I had in mind, but definitely, probably the only real thing you know that I was considering. Mm. And uh, I think it's a large part, both my parents were teachers, mm-hmm. and so that was a large part of my life. Um, my dad obviously taught at Lutheran Memorial in Fond du Lac, and then at Emanuel Lutheran High School. My mom taught technology at various places, including the college in Eau Claire. So that was always really cool to me. And uh, I liked working with kids, did a lot of summer camps, and it all just seemed to fit together and click. Mm-hmm. So was there a specific thing? I mean, you talked about some of that stuff, but do you remember any events in your life where you're like, yeah, I'm going to be a teacher? Uh, strange, uh, strangely, no, I liked all my teachers. Yeah. Uh, I, yeah, all every teacher I've ever had, I've appreciated, and they've always been strong and charismatic and good Christian role models, so mm. couldn't really ask more for a kid, and that's what I hope to be for my students, but excellent. Uh, yeah, just all those things factored together, and obviously all guided by the Holy Spirit through my life. So you uh, wanted to be a teacher. Where did you go to school for your uh, As you know, <laughs> as you know, our, our high school in Eau Claire also has a college attached to it and mm-hmm. a teaching program and, and a seminary program. And I went back there for a couple of years with, I don't know if you were there already. Yeah, 2010 would have been when I came back. 2010. I think that was the year I left. Maybe. That might have been the year I left. But there was a lot of us that came back, which is awesome. Yeah. Uh, Pretty unusual. So I went there for two years, got my AA degree. Um, But uh, I'd spent six years there. So that's a long time to spend with the same teachers and the same environment. Thought it was time to move. And I went to University of Wisconsin-Eau Claire and got publicly certified there uh, in their teaching program. And I just got my undergraduate there in then really came straight to Mankato after that. So. Yeah, okay. So you would have graduated, what year did you graduate? 2014. 14. 
And you got the call here right away? Uh, half a year. Uh, oh, okay. Till the end of the spring, I did some long-term subs at Messiah Lutheran and also in the public school. Oh, okay. Um, but like my first, yeah, I subbed all over the place. Oh, you did? Okay. School. Yeah. Okay. Uh, excellent. Um, so, Matthew, you've spent time in, obviously, a lot of time in private education, Christian education, and also some work in the public sector. To you, what makes Christian education so important? Um, really, it's the one most important thing, and has always been the most important thing, is Christ. You almost can't teach about Jesus and what he's done for you in the public school anymore. There are certainly a lot of good educators in the public schools and a lot of good people mm-hmm. trying to educate children, but it's that one aspect that outweighs everything else. Um, more than sports programs or um, secular opportunities or advanced math curriculum or anything is learning about what your Savior has done for you and what uh, he wants us to do for him here on earth in our time of grace. and. Uh, it's just harder and harder to, to hear about that anywhere else besides in a Christian school. That's why Christian education is so important. It's at the mm-hmm. center of what we hold most important as Christians. Yeah, absolutely. Um, how about a story from this year or you know, from your past five, six years teaching here that uh, tells our listeners what Emmanuel Lutheran School is all about? Uh, hmm. I must admit, I... I don't listen to the podcast regularly, so I, I'm not sure what other people have said. Uh, but in three minutes, you gave me to look over these questions before mm-hmm. the interview. I was reacting my brain. I teach. Just to be clear, I sent these these questions out to you about two months ago. So I don't, I don't know if we can prove that. So <laughs> just, uh, I teach uh, a few different things here, uh, but I teach many PE classes, and one thing that's awesome about working with kids, you can go to any school or any group of kids and it's just awesome to see kids be kids, interact with each other and and uh, be nice and have fun. But what's especially different about Christian schools, and this is not true for every single circumstance, but generally at a Christian school, um, all those kids are nice mm-hmm. and they're kind and they just you can just tell that they've been raised in a certain way. And that way is a loving way, the same love that Jesus had for us is the way that these children's parents have for them. Mm-hmm. And it shows. It just, kids reflect their parents and the way they were raised. So you can go out to a, a playground at our school any point in the day or any PE class, and you have competitive kids, and you have kids who get a little too into it, but always you will see kids that are picking each other up and being kind to one another and looking after one another. And that's just so special and important. And it seems harder and harder to find these days. Mm-hmm. So I would say that is a, that's what a man in Lutheran school is all about. It's not just sitting in class and, and learning about your Savior, which is important, but also uh, having those opportunities to show that love as well. Yeah, putting into action. Yes. Yeah. Um, how about, you want to talk a little bit about, so the last five, six years, you were in the fifth, sixth grade classroom, but your role has changed with us a little bit. Uh, in the past year, you want to talk a little bit about kind of what you're doing before, what you do now, and kind of your thought process in that transition? Uh, sure. I got here, this is my seventh year teaching, which is okay. incredible. Yeah. Uh, the first six years I spent in fifth and sixth grade, and this last year I moved up to, I did all the PE, but I also moved up to the high school for education. Um, I really loved fifth and sixth grade. Uh, they're, those kids are awesome because they 
still like being at school, which is <laughs> huge. And they're, uh, you know, still not teenagers yet, which is also huge. But <laughs> not there's anything wrong with that. But, uh, I re- yeah, I really enjoyed doing that. We had um, lots of different opportunities when you're in a classroom all day with the same group of kids. It's nice to change around, but when you're in the same classroom, you really are a bigger part of their lives. You can really build your classroom space up, which is awesome. Make it the safest environment you can for them. And so, yeah, we would do all sorts of things. I'm sure if you ask any of my students that I had, they would say that all we did was recess and parties. That's not true, but we did, we did do a lot of those. That was, that was fun. Uh, now it's a higher level of learning in high school. You gotta, this is my first year and I can tell there's many things I need to improve on. Just they're older, they get more, their social awareness is different and you just gotta engage them in a different way. So it's a good challenge, one that I look forward to improving on this year, but uh, definitely a different one. Definitely mm-hmm. very different than being in the grade school. Yeah, yeah. Well, it'll be nice to have you with your reflection now able to see how the grade school works, see how the high school works, and be able to, you know, hopefully keep that flowing in a, in a God-pleasing and healthy way too. Um, so because you're so intimately involved in the work at the school on all kinds of different levels. Uh, what are some things you that we could work on and improve as a congregation, as a school, as far as the, the work of the ministry we've been called to here at Emmanuel? Uh, well, your guys' office is bigger than mine, so we can start <laughs> there and uh, <laughs> move on from there. Uh, but well, you're a shorter guy than me. <laughs> not in the budget. <laughs> not in the podcast, I'm not shorter. <laughs> Our voices are the same height. Uh, well... I mean, there are always things you can improve as Christians on earth. And any good educator uh, knows that the key to being a good teacher is is self-reflection and always trying to improve and avoid stagnation and complacency. Um, It would be awesome to have more green space Mm. at our school. We just have a little patch of grass. And as a PE teacher, I (laughs) wear that thing to nothing we have some very awesome members who try to bring that patch of grass back to life every yeah, year. Yeah, special shout out to Byron uh, for for replanting seed every year. <laughs> Done that little green space. He has a green thumb. Yeah, practically magical. Uh, that'd be awesome. But uh, one thing that uh, I I've thought about for my own classroom is how can we show children of all ages, K to twelve, how can we show them how to be Christians? not just in the classroom, but outside of it. How do we give more opportunities? How can we model it? How can we make it real to them? And I'm sure sure that question's been asked for 2,000 years, ever since Mm -hmm. Jesus was here. Uh, But those are some things that that we could all collectively work on and improve, Mm -hmm. myself especially. Perhaps another thing that we could improve on from a church standpoint is really... uh, we have many, many faithful members here that give their lives and their time and effort, and it's a huge blessing to have them. Um, but it'd be awesome to find ways to encourage new members and younger members to do the same thing, and also be welcoming to them, mm-hmm. too. Uh, we have people I think we've come to rely on to do the same things over and over. Mm-hmm. Again, huge blessing. Not every church has that. But I think a part of our duty as the older generation is to make it ready for the next one too. So maybe that's just the mindset of a teacher, but that's something that I can work on and perhaps our yeah. congregation can too as well. Oh, I like that thought. 
Um, so, kind of some simple little questions here. What are your What's your favorite thing about being a teacher? Uh, I really enjoy working with students. I enjoyed my camp counselor days. I enjoyed the summer programs I did. So that's awesome to see a kid grow and just become more knowledgeable, become more mature. That's awesome. It's really a unique experience that you don't always get. Yeah, yeah. Well, now that you've, I mean, you taught fifth and sixth, and now all the kids you have in high school used to be in fifth and sixth. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's weird. <laughs> yeah, yeah. My first class is graduating this year. Oh, is that year, right? Okay. And they're well, all taller than me, which yeah. is... I knew, uh, yep. Oh. I knew it was coming. It just was. It was tough. It was yeah. tough. Uh, so, but it's a cool thing, yeah, to see how those kids grew and matured and yeah. exceeded all the expectations I had. And mm. It was really awesome. Well, it's one of the unique things about our K to twelve school is getting to see those kids not just through eighth grade, but then to see them go through high school too. So, is your least favorite thing about being a teacher when they get taller than you, or is, is there oh, it's got it's like top three. <laughs> it happened twice when I taught fifth and sixth grade. Those were pretty bad days, yeah. pretty dark days. <laughs> Who <laughs> was it? Uh, I actually just told this story, but one of my students a couple of years ago was standing in the lunch line, and uh, he's just staring at me. And as I was taking lunch count, and I had no idea why. I thought maybe there's something on my face or something. So I was checking in the mirror. I finally said, "Hey." What's the deal? Why are you looking at me? And he just says, out of nowhere, I think I'm taller than you. <laughs> sure enough, he was. Ah. <laughs> Sent him to the back of the line and <laughs> never showed my face again. <laughs> but uh, other than that, I, it's got to be correcting. Oh, yeah. Know, papers yeah. and papers and papers. It's just uh, an endless grind. Hey, so you said you haven't listened to podcasts. If I told you there was one teacher who said she really liked doing the grading and the paperwork, could you guess who it was? Uh, oh man, if you're listening to this, my fellow faculty members, and I wrongly accuse you of this, I'm so sorry. Was it Beth? Nope. Julie? Yeah. <laughs> there's, only, there's only like three options, four <laughs> options. Yeah, Mrs. Bush said she loves the paperwork, and I said, wow. Uh, not surprised, I guess, with her. <laughs> she's what we should all aspire to yeah. be as a teacher. Yeah, I think she's the pinnacle. Uh, what are some of your favorite things to do outside of school? So we've talked a lot about your work as a teacher. Uh, who are you outside the classroom, hobbies, things you like to do? <laughs> uh, I really like to play pickleball. Mm. Uh, I'm part uh, There's a pickleball association in Mankato, so if you've ever been interested in it, feel free to reach out or check their website. It's M-A-P-A. Uh, Mankato Area Pickleball Association. So, uh, lots of it's pretty cheap, and and lots of people are doing it. So that's one of the things. Other than that, um, I just got married, so that's awesome. Love spending time with my wife outside of school, uh, and traveling, and and doing things, and being outdoors. You know, pretty typical stuff. Being a teacher is nice, and that uh, you can have a lot of time off in the summer and really explore those things. So I just like to be outdoors and, and active. Yeah. Uh, any closing thoughts you'd like to share with our listeners today? Uh, outside of just check out a manual if you haven't. If you have kids and are wanting to send them to a Christian school, a manual is wonderful, uh, centered on the Word of God. It's the most important thing here. And it's the most important thing really in life is learning about our Savior, and that's what we treasure and hold dear here. Another thing, if you have a really old childhood friend uh, who tries to press you into doing things you don't want, <laughs> please do your best to say no to the peer pressure uh -huh. and overcome. <laughs> There's a reason why Mr. Kranz is the last of the <laughs> podcast interviews, because he was putting it off and he didn't want to do it. And finally, I have 
pressured him into doing it. And I think he did a wonderful job today, Mr. Grant. <laughs> well, thank you, yeah. Pastor Nowen. All right, uh, which brings us to our hymn of the day. Uh, today I selected hymn 211 in the Red Hymnal, which is called Lo, Judah's Lion Wins the Strife. And fun fact, this is the only hymn in the hymnal with my son's name in it. Mr. Kranz oh. is going to read it for us today. Go ahead. Do you like all the verses? All seven, yeah. All seven verses. <clears throat> Lo, Judah's lion wins the strife and reigns or death to give us life. Hallelujah. Oh, let us sing his praises. Tis he whom David did portray when he did strong Goliath slay. Hallelujah. Oh, sing with gladsome voices. Like Samson, Christ's great strength employed and conquered hell its gates destroyed. Hallelujah. Oh, let us sing his praises. The power of death he break in twain when he to life arose again. Hallelujah. To him all praise be given. He led to freedom all oppressed and pardon one for sin distressed. Hallelujah. Oh, praise him for his mercy. In festal spirit, song, and word to Jesus our victorious Lord. Hallelujah. All praise and thanks be rendered. All glory, honor, praise be given, our triune God who reigns in heaven. Hallelujah. Now gladly sing we. Amen. Amen. Thank you for joining us on the Twin Steeples podcast. Once again, Twin Steeples is a production of Emmanuel Evangelical Lutheran Church here in Mankato, Minnesota. For more information about the ongoing activity here, we'd invite you to check out our website, EmmanuelMankato.org. Until next time, may God bless and keep you, and may you always remember, Emmanuel, God is with you.